This episode is brought to you by Medibank. When you are a perfectionist and you're a working mum, for any working mums that are listening, the hardest thing to accept is that you're only going to be able to do a good enough job if you're doing two. You're not going to be able to perfect one or the other because the reality is you can't do both and have do them perfect. Skill won't get you to where you need to be alone. There's so many other things. I always think, and I say this all the time, you always end up where you're meant to be. It's just how long it's going to take you. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy, and fulfillment along the way. Welcome to spring, everyone, or to autumn for those tuning in from the Northern Hemisphere. The new month and season also brought with it the birth of the Seize the Yay book, which finally launched into the world yesterday. Thank you so, so much to everyone for your lovely messages of support and for buying your copies. It's truly such a surreal but thrilling experience to see strangers reading your most intimate thoughts and experiences and beliefs, but it's just been so transformative and I'm so, so excited. You guys know, of course, that I'm really short of words, but I don't quite have the right ones to describe this feeling. (laughs) And of course, we have the virtual launch event tonight. So I'll get my words together for then. And we will talk more about the book in that context. But today is all about our wonderful guest, Jade Kisnorbo, who you might have seen gave the neighborhood an incredible makeup tutorial for Chits and Giggles last week. Over a thousand of you tuned in, and it seemed many of you learnt as much as I do every time I chat to Jade. She's technically an internationally renowned hair and makeup artist, but I think a far better title for her is a creator of confidence. Since we took an educational approach to that IGTV, which you can still go and watch and learn all her tips and tricks for a dewy base, what order you put things on in, how to accentuate your eyes and your cheekbones, and I'll be posting the full product list in the next few days, I thought this episode should focus more on the storytelling, which you know I also love as much as the educational side. Some episodes truly unravel, just like a chat on the couch between friends, and for most of this one, I actually forgot we were recording at all, just soaking up the lesser-known backstory of how Jade made her way to yay. We jump around from balancing career priorities in a marriage, the freedom of the expat experience, which we have both found to be one of the most amazing experiences of our whole lives, the challenge of starting from scratch in an industry and what it takes to build a name for yourself, as well as being a mother and a businesswoman, which is something I admire about Jade so much. There really is a bit of everything and most of this I was hearing for the first time along with you guys. I really cherish the openness some guests are willing to bring to these chats, especially when they are known you know, professionally in the media or around town. So I really do hope you enjoy this one as much as I do. Jade K, welcome to Seize the Yay. Hi! <laughs> Guys, I know I say that I do this every week, but genuinely this time we've been talking for half an hour. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, I love I'm it. I to go on a little chat and then I'm like, I'm sorry, I need to stop. <laughs> and we literally spent an hour together like two days ago, so I love that we still had stuff to talk about. <laughs> You're one of my oh. love. I could talk to you any day. <laughs> oh, right back at you. And, guys, we try and work together on a show. We're both on House of Wellness on Channel 7, and it's really hard to get anything done because we just have such a good time. <laughs> I think production is always looking at us like, okay, <laughs> stop talking about that makeup product. Or... I know. I know. Oh, my gosh. Well, firstly, so every episode starts with a bit of an icebreaker, but I've added just the simple question of how are you? And I know we covered it briefly during our live the other day, but just wanted to check in as a fellow Victorian. Oh. You're a mom and you're homeschooling as well as everything else. How are you? Thank you for asking because I think so many people don't. Mm. I'm okay um, today. I'm good. I've had my bad days. Challenging. I wouldn't say bad. There's a lot of people out there that are probably going through worse. I think it's just been challenging because 
My husband has been stationed in another state, which is Sydney. And my daughter in that time just had a little few health scares. So we've actually had all that, plus obviously run my own business, plus um, homeschooling. And also, I mean, I did this to myself, but we bought a puppy. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But people with puppies and animals are just so much more happier. So I thought, why not be one of those happy people? But I am okay. And I think knowing that we're kind of veering a next stage, whatever that is, I mean, I didn't check the numbers today. I went through that obsession because I'm a researcher too. You know, I went through every day, like, what are the figures? Even my daughter, we walked out of a shop and she's like, mum, what are the figures for COVID today? (laughs) But it's been tough for like Victorians because, you know, the rest of all my friends, family in Sydney, they're all fine. And, and I think that's the hard part, but we'll get through it. We have each mm. other and we're innovative and we're thinking differently. Yeah. So looking at the positive. Absolutely. I think it has really escalated a lot of ideas that people have been sitting on for a long time, including yourself, which we will come to, of <laughs> course. <laughs> but it's it's also really interesting that particularly people like yourself who are really tuned into others and really value kindness and being being good to other people, that the very first thing you often say when you say you've had a bit of a bad day or have had tough moments during this time is, oh, no, but others have it worse. But I think it, yeah. it really is okay to, you know, the quote that I've said a million times and I think I said it the other night on our live is telling people they can't be sad because others have it worse is like telling people they can't be happy because others have it better. And yeah. we're all going through this in different it's ways. True. You know? It's so true. And I think as well mental health for me is such a big thing because my little sister is a psychologist. She has, like, educated me. I think having someone like that in your family educates you so much on just it's okay to be sad like being sad and being down are just as important as being happy and Mm. I think so many of us are like can't be sad oh I can't cry I can't this you know it's okay and for that day if you can't get off the couch and you just want to eat rubbish for that day (laughs) if that day gets weeks months we're in trouble but I think it's just okay like to feel how we feel yeah. And not have a reason. But I, I know I did say before, you know, other people have it worse. And I think because through this time, this horrid year of 2020, I have had people around me. I've had stories of sickness that, you know, we're running, running, and we just never think of and take into account what's actually important. Mm. And even in our industry, Sarah, like it's just there's a few of us that are really realistic and and I'll never want to lose that. That's what 2020 has taught me. Well, that actually almost answers the next question so well, which is always just to start by asking everyone what the most down-to-earth thing is about them because I think your message and your impact is so much stronger when people can relate to you and with people like yourself who work with celebrities a lot, you're in the media a lot. From the outside, of course, it can seem like you've got everything together and things are rosy all the time, but Even in the short time we've been hanging out a lot, I love how you do really show that you experience this full spectrum of emotions and that motherhood and business, you know, there's a lot to juggle. So if you had to choose something that was really down to earth about you, what would you say? I'm just, I'm pretty real and honest, you know. I think honesty for me is really important and even if that is maybe not your picture perfect, I went through my 20s wanting like I think being a perfectionist gets you so far but then being a perfectionist holds you back. Yes. So like I feel like I've become honest in my 30s, honest to myself and honest to the people around you. You know when you like have a baby and you, you know, I remember I had my first baby and um, it was Christmas time and I was sitting there and I was just trying to wave my hair which like you probably I t- say all the time, doing these things makes me feel good. Doesn't mean I'm vain and, well, I may slightly be vain, but <laughs> there's also there's also an element of it makes me feel good doing those things. And I was sitting there and my baby was like four months old crying. I'd moved from UK and my twin sister and my mum, like I only had one baby. It wasn't like I had twins, triples. They came, they're like, getting ready for Christmas. And yeah, Christmas Day, you like like to look pretty and wear a nice dress. And I was crying, I was like, you don't understand how hard this is. I can't do this. And my mum, I'm a twin. My mum had twins. She's like, I know, I know. Whereas in comparison, the second, uh, two years later, I had two kids under two. I had Christmas at my house. And I was like, excuse my language, but shit's gone wrong. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Don't hold it together. Don't have the perfect wave. Don't have the per- Like, it's okay. And I think even this year, even 2020, I've embraced that on Instagram, being like, hey, I had a bad day homeschooling today. I'm in here with my Mecca products. So 
hopefully my down to earth thing is that I do try and sh- I'm getting better at it and I want to get better is sharing more of the real stuff. And I love when I see your posts of like skinny <laughs> and then you're like, oh, this is me normally. I actually love that. I don't know if I could go to that level because I'm not as naturally blessed as you. <laughs> but it's just little things like even wearing no makeup and doing a skin thing on Instagram. Five years ago, I couldn't do that. Mm. And I loved the other day how you were doing, I can't even remember what you were doing, but something with a makeup product where you'd like locked yourself in the room and you-, you That was it. Yeah, you started yeah. by saying, look, I've had a really tough day at homeschooling and that helps other mums and other people just appreciate that we all have tougher days. It's okay to be still with those emotions and it makes it really hard for you to do your work and create content. I I loved it. I'm not even a mum yet, but I found that really insightful and refreshing. Oh, thank you. I think another thing that my sister said is she's like, when you are a perfectionist and you're a working mum, for any working mums that are listening, what the hardest thing to accept is that you're only going to be able to do a good enough job if you're doing two. You're not going to be able to perfect one or the other because the reality is you can't do both and have do them perfect. Say, for example, if you're a mum and you've got the thing, you're going to drop the ball a little bit. And as long as you do a good enough job, you have to be okay with that. And that's why there's so many mums that have given up completely the most selfless mothers and they're at home, they're 24-7, they want to do the most perfect job and that fulfills. I have respect for those mums, but I also have respect on the other side of like, well, they're okay to do a bit of both and you're not going to do it perfect either. I think that's the thing that you actually, once you accept that, there's acceptance is a big thing. Totally. Totally. And I think the biggest thing that I've come to accept, and you're right, mostly in my 30s, more so than my 20s, is that it's okay for our lives to all look different. Like all of us have different priorities and values. We want different things. Some people do want to be full-time mums. Some people need a career as well. Some people want to do the juggling act. Some people don't. And we're all suited to different life paths, which is what this podcast is all about is showing that everyone's pathway is meant to look different it's meant to go in all different directions until you figure out where you actually want to be and it it takes a lot of trial and error and acceptance of yourself to get there and with you in particular I didn't know that you didn't wake up one day and think beauty is my thing you had a whole career before that so let's go the first section is called way TA where we pretty much trace from childhood to now what led you to where you got to because I think people meet you at a particular chapter in your life and think they make assumptions about how you got there, that you woke up like that, that it was easy to get there. But I love tracing all the decisions at each stage and also the diversions where you did something that you didn't want to do, but that taught you something as well. So let's go all the way back to young Jade. What were you like as a child, as a twin? What did you think you wanted to be? And then your first foray into work was studying anatomy, health, science, like something completely different. So, yeah, what led you to that decision? So um, obviously being a twin, you're never alone. So you're very emotional. Twins are very intense. My sister Alana, she was always really shy as a child. I was always like at the front like, hello. (laughs) And um, she would hide behind my mom and stuff. She was really shy. So I kind of help, like we'd help each other. Like I'd always be with her, but I realized that even though I was in front facing and things, I relied so much on having someone next to me. Mm. And even in my work now in my business, like my sister's now moved to Sydney. And sometimes I feel like Lana Wilkinson, who's um, a stylish <laughs> friend of mine, I feel like I've subbed her in. And I'm like, oh, hey, Lana, do you want to go here together? And she's like, I'm not your twin. Like, I feel like she probably thinks in her head, I'm not your twin. But there's so many things I see in my twin sister and her and how much I love that person and they generally care about you. So mm. that's one thing that's shaped me forever and I love my twin sister. So then I always was creative. So my dad always was able to draw quite easy, like as children, you know, when you're like, draw us a horse, draw us this. He'd just get out a piece of paper and start drawing. And I always, like, secretly I kind of held it down because I was like no I need to be clever and be smart and that's what I thought being clever was book smart Mm -hmm. not necessarily creatively so my dad always said that I always loved it my grandmother and I've spoken about this before she was quite vain that's fascinating (laughs) Um, she now she passed away and I really took her death quite bad because it was really close to her but she passed away at 80 and I was in my 20s so now she would have been like late 90s right so she always had Chanel number five. She always had red. She put red lipstick on before my grandfather would come home every night. My mum would Aww. say she had her hair. She had her hair permed even when she was re- 
really sick, she would make sure that her hair was done. A hairdresser came to her house and she was allergic, believe it or not, allergic to perfume. So she'd just spray Chanel like on all her like handkerchiefs and she was a milliner. So I always looked at her in complete awe. Like I just was like, you're perfect. <laughs> and my mum was the opposite way where she always like would do a real smoky eye like when she'd go out but she didn't really like a lot of product on her like she didn't she loved Estee Lauder Elizabeth Arden she'd always yeah. dad would always go get all this always into makeup and always spent money on skincare but you wouldn't she wouldn't do her face every day and I had and I just started from like 14 eyeliner mascara wow but I never would think that that would be my career. Just love it. Then as school went on, my sister was really, she was like, I'm going to be a graphic designer. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a graphic designer as well. So we started <laughs> doing graphics. And then my mum's like, oh, she was like, oh, you know, she's very clever, but she didn't, she wanted to do vet, veterinary to be a vet, but she kind of didn't go ahead with that. And I think she always was like with us, she's going to give us the confidence, the three of us to do whatever we want and even my dad like even if you got not a great score he was like that's amazing great job together they were like such a great duo to help us and get the best out of all three of us so then um as year 12 came like I pushed more into the science into the health and put the graphics on I was like leave it to Alana my twin sister finished got into uni in the health side of things and I studied that meanwhile I fell in love really fast (laughs) like five weeks, six weeks with my now husband. And he was like moving overseas. You're amazing. He'd never had a girlfriend. He just had a lot of fun and he was a bit older than me. So he was like, I'm moving overseas. Do you want to come? I was, said, no, I've got to finish uni. He goes, I'll wait for you, but you keep coming over. So we go back and forth, England. And in that time, it was probably the best time of my life. Like uni life plus every three months I was going to Europe. It was pretty amazing and I saw such amazing people I saw successful people early on too like they were having families young because they were successful they were earning a good source of income so they kind of were like let's have families but with that you saw a lot of crazy things too and I was like I'm always going to work and he was like one thing I love about him he was like this is my dream I really want you to fit in this dream because I guess when you are at that high achiever sometimes you need to marry or be with someone that is less selfish in their own career because it doesn't work when you're both like I want to go here I want to go there so for those years I just was like I'm just going to do things I love and thank god because I would never have fallen into makeup so he was just like you want to do it go do it Jade like you know (laughs) I was like okay I was a bit of a dreamer okay so I went so I finished uni and went in and earned four pound at Karen Millen an hour. <laughs> wow, babe, killing That's it. I was living the dream, babe, in a shopping centre called Leicester, the Shires, okay? You don't understand. This is the middle of England where, oh, it's not like London. He was going to doing his football and I was like slumming it at the shopping centre for four pound. And he was like, Jade, I just don't know. You don't need to do this. And I was like, no. I'm going to work. And if this is the only job I can get, then, you know, I had a degree, but like I had no experience. So mm. did that for a little bit. It was hell. <laughs> I used to close up and think, why am I doing this? I'm showing myself and everyone I can work. Finished that and then got this role um, like as a BDM role. And I did that and, and it was it, for an educational online course, selling it. So I had to basically cold call people, like it was full on, like people would hang up, I'm like, do you want a free trial of education? And I used to put on an English accent, education city, (laughs) I've never told anyone this, it's all coming to me now. (laughs) And I went up, I think I was on 15,000 a year, pound. Stop it. So I worked for nothing and I used to go every morning, but I threw myself into the English culture. You know, I was like 21, I'd finished uni, 22, threw myself into it. And they said, it said on the job description, you had to have a degree to get in. I think they didn't care what degree (laughs) or it was fake. So I did that for a while and then I moved in, he moved clubs. So don't forget too, if they move clubs, it's like here, if an AFL player moves, you got to pick up and you got to leave. So at that stage, I was like, okay, cool. Like, okay. So I finished that. (laughs) What the hell? But thank God, like I couldn't do it in my 30s, but I did. So we left and we went went to Leeds. And Leeds is like the north of England near Manchester. People are just so warm. They're amazing. It was probably one of the best times in my life. I moved there and joined recruitment and HR and same thing. She gave me like, I never forget this lady, Amy. She was hard on me, but it was good. She gave me like a book. She's like, 
call everyone through this and just is like same thing sales they'd never heard of this recruitment company it was a startup so i called and called and i stayed there for a while and um made great friends learned that so many things australians say and in an office environment it was like the office it was like that <laughs> you know i'm sure now there was sexual things said there was things that you should never be discussed in an office but i just was like and i had the time in my life to go because friday night drinks and I just had my own life. Yeah. And I also had my husband, um, husband's life too. So it was just really good. And I've met a lot of the girlfriends and wives. And there was a couple of us that really worked and we kind of gelled. Yeah. And then there were some that were like, you know, not they just were happy to kind of follow their partner. So I've always been quite driven from get-go. Then finally, I just said, I hate this job so much. I was doing 40 hours. I think I'd gone up to like 19,000 as my base. Oh, whoa, whoa. Comms on top, but the comms is so hard to get. <laughs> um, and I said to Patrick, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I hate it. I was working extra hours at home. And he used to say to me, because sportsmen just love them. They work so hard, but they're told what to eat. What to... He was like, it's 6.30. Why are you still working? And you hate what you do. <laughs> And I'd be like, and it was just so stressful. So I just finally went in and I was like, um, yeah, this isn't going to work anymore. And I went and did my makeup, took the leap, did all the research, did my makeup course and it was long and it was in London and I moved there. You know, thinking back, like, good on him. Like, I seriously just left him. was like, hey, I'm going to go do this makeup. He was like, all right. And I moved <laughs> to London for a bit, did my courses, did everything. And then finally came back and just didn't know anyone had started. And I did started with eyebrows and like eyebrows started to get busy. Instagram was just taking off and it just built up and built up. And then I started to, I think I've said this so many times, so I won't say it again. I'll say it differently. But when you finish makeup, like they give you harsh stats. They tell you in London, you know, you're such a small fish. You paid all this money and they're like, not many of you are going to actually make it and be able to not work at a makeup counter. And I just promised myself, I was like, because they say at the end, what do you want to do? And I just said, some people are like, I'm going to go work at Bobby Brown. I'm going to do this. I was like, I don't want to work at a makeup counter. I, if the day comes that I have to, I probably, and this might sound awful, Sarah, but I probably would say goodbye. It was just not what I, where I wanted to be. I, I don't leave. think that sounds bad at all. I just didn't want it to feel like I'm judging anyone in retail because I think yeah, it's yeah. easy. I just, for me, it was like I want to, it's the feeling you give someone and also that you've, they've come to you. They haven't mm. come to you because of this, but they've actually picked you to do their makeup. It's like a really nice feeling. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, so that's all I wanted. And then I ended up doing London, New York. I did all these like TV things. I um, did a short films, music videos. There's just, it's so much over there. Yeah. And I just kept saying yes, never said no. You know, sometimes like I was paying, if my husband wasn't in the profession, I don't think I would have been able to do it because like I was paying 120 pounds to get to London sometimes and I was earning like nothing. At the and he was like, don't worry, I believe in you. You're going to be able to do this. Oh. And eventually I started to get paid. I started to, and he was like, see, you know, you have to put in that work. And I think if you've been brought up that you have to see the monetary things straight away. Okay, you go in, go for an interview, you get the job, you get your money doesn't work like that in what we do yeah, at all. It's a very limiting mindset. I think everyone who's listening can tell by the fact that this is the longest I've gone ever in an interview without asking a question because I'm so fascinated. I know so much about your career now and this is a perfect example of how you walk into someone's life at a chapter and you assume that's their whole life, that's been their whole journey. But this is so much experience and material and positives and negatives that you've had to go through to even get to realizing you wanted to do makeup. And I love going through this because, I mean, you guys can tell I've never heard it before. I'm just totally <laughs> fixated on the I fact that. I actually haven't told, I don't think told, like I'll say I've lived overseas and then they're like, oh, okay, cool. But I don't think you ever, I've never, even in a podcast, I've never broken it down because mm. they just normally ask you one question, like you gave me free reign. <laughs> No, but I love, that's why, because the stuff that comes out is the stuff that now, when you look back, it makes sense how you got there. And it, but it's so important for everyone to know that someone like yourself, who now seems like they know exactly what they want to do. They've found their purpose and they wake up every day feeling fulfilled by what they, the confidence they allow other people. Like you've found a life that is so well suited to you. Yeah. But don't you think sometimes you still wake up and you're like, 
how can I take this? Like I never stop. Yeah. And it's also those people that are around you. Mm, Who you marry or your partner is a massive part of it. Well, that's the other thing I was going to say is like there's so many parts of your journey that are like the person who you met opened up the possibility for you in your life to have an expat experience, to break the UK market, to give you the freedom to almost have your eat, pray, love trip without sort of like what's my forever job. It's just a let's just bide my time and do what fulfills me. His life structure gave you that opportunity that you might not have, you know. I, I would think- never, like, he actually, he'll sometimes say it in a joke, but I know he means it. Like, <laughs> you never, ever would have done this if it wasn't for me. And I'm always like, oh, I would, I always think, and I say this all the time, you always end up where you're meant to be. Yes. It's just how long it's going to take you. Yes. So, like, I believe that, I do, but I think for him too, um, I've probably never spoken about him this much because it's not a movie, but one thing with him where I was like, whoa, my husband was never the best player, right? So he never just got in on, on skill. Like makeup, there's a million amazing better makeup artists than me out there, not on skill if you just look at skill. But skill won't get you to where you need to be Yes, alone. There's so many other things. Yeah. And I think when I saw like he was told in and I was like right before World Cup, you will never play again. You've, he did an Achilles injury, but so <gasps> you never play. And he called me and he was really upset, but he was like, oh, I'm going to prove this guy wrong. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, mate, good luck. <laughs> and he actually, he came back and he did. So I just think having those kind of people around you, then my friends, like you've got your friends that are like the fun and like who you grow up with and how they're driven. And then you've got that one friend that's like you talk about work all the time. with Some of your other you don't want to talk about work 24-7. Mm. But it's just having those, I'm really mindful now about who's in my circle yeah. that I probably wasn't when I was younger because I was just floating along, aren't you? You're like, oh. But do you know what? Go. The best part about that though is that maybe you're like, I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to find our passion and get to it straight away. But maybe in your 20s, you're meant to float around. You're meant to float. You're meant to do jobs that you hate. You're meant to figure out all the things that you don't want to do. And do. yes. I feel like England gave you the freedom to not just go, I'm going to be an anatomy health scientist. I'm oh, going to find a career God. path. Like it let And I would have you... been working in like research or something like so boring. Yeah. It was never going to be me. But but that it allowed like you knew at that time that you weren't doing your forever job, but you don't look back at it and think it was a waste of time. Never. Even those little things I learned. So say, for example, when I came back here and obviously in Australia, it was like I had to start again. So I actually mm. did make no matter like people here wouldn't know this but I actually did make a career for myself in England and I did have clients and I did have you know a steady income on my own just for makeup and hair however when I had a baby and my husband's career stopped because it was like he'd done what he needed to do in the UK he got a contract here I had to come back here I was so upset and I was like how am I going to do this again but one thing I probably would say about me is I adapt I cry like a baby for change and then once I'm there I'm like okay what am I going to do you know and I think after he finished playing and now he's a coach it was like I have to somehow adapt too because he had to start at the bottom again so really between us we've been like this and it's had a lot of challenges really hard challenges even on your relationship having two kids moving overseas him finishing one career my career kind of taking off they were the hardest years which were probably about three or four years ago of like my life actually Mm -hmm. because your relationship if it's strong and if it's like a rock you feel like you can conquer anything. And like, this is me being so honest because I think that there's so many mums that they want a job and they want to, and they're like, how do I be a good wife? And how do I be a good partner? And that saying of like, when it's, you drop the ball, maybe you do drop it really bad. And you're so blinded because you're like, well, I've never had this before. I've never had my time. But all these things are you learning stuff about yourself. And I learn a lot about myself and how sometimes even the strongest people around you need to hear as well how you are there for them. Totally. Yeah, so it was like such a whirlwind. Like even though I'm only 35, I feel like I have been exposed to a lot. 
I feel like you've had, you've squeezed in a lifetime of experience, (laughs) but I also think that that's what makes life rich. Like if we just all woke up straight away in the careers that we spent the rest of our lives in, we'd miss the the depth of being an expat or living in in a different culture and, and your relationship also, like, I think there's so much power. And of course, I'm like such a feminist at heart. I believe that (laughs) women should have their own careers and female empowerment is amazing. But I think we often tell the story in a vacuum and we don't acknowledge that our partners and their lives impact our decisions a lot and like where and you also end with up. being there's a really fine line what I've learned and I say this to all my clients and I've got two daughters there's a fine line between empowerment and saying how amazing and women and we should be able to do this ourselves and then also like you said that word vacuum is when you're saying that be careful the words you use with the partner because you can sometimes vacuum away any masculinity or anything that they have. And it's really important to understand that, like, from the test of time, as much as we don't agree with it or not, we've had this old school, like, man, you know, breadwinner, woman, stay-at-home nurturer, lover. And then when it's like now, we're in such an interesting time where it's like we're both up here and dads are being that beautiful. They're showing that you can cry. They're teaching their sons. But with all this, like together as well is hard. Like this is the first time I've actually ever said it, but it is hard. And for mums out there that have got a one-year-old and a three-year-old and then they're trying to do a career, this is probably, I'll tell you, the toughest time. And I'm sure when it gets to teenagers, we'll be seeing this again. But you will get through it. And if there are couples that don't get through it, it was a journey and it was a reason. And that's one thing that I like think is really important. (laughs) I love this about you as well, because again, like people look at you now and think you're, you've got everything together. It must've come easy. Like you've just walked, waltzed into the celebrity world, but when you moved home, you had a baby, you had literally uprooted yourselves from where your network was to having no network and had to start as a beginner. And I think one yeah. of the best skills you can ever learn is to embrace being a beginner at something, to not worry that you don't have a head start. Don't look too far ahead, just furrow away at like, yes. I'm starting from the start. And I don't think anyone knows you started from the start, that you literally live somewhere, you weren't even here. Like, And one thing I found the hardest, Sarah, is like, I'm being so honest, probably because we're friends and I'm thinking we're just chatting you and me. Yeah, I do I this to people like, and then they're like, what did I say I'm that Do you know one thing I found the hardest in my career is I remember I came here and I, and it got, you know, it gets back to you, like other creatives and that being like, who even is, like, because it is, no one knew who you were, like, not that you'd had been overseas oh she'd been overseas whatever because you didn't have a presence in your home country because I left at 21 right and I came back at 30 I didn't have a presence of like what I'd done here and then all of a sudden you are getting booked on job why that's not fair because with success is time another thing my husband told me never say you know when a girl's done makeup for six months and she's killing it and they're like oh please she just started he always was like there is no time on success and it's true. Yes. If you're good at something or you make people feel good and you, even a singer, if you've sung for like five minutes, but you're, that doesn't mean that you're less deserving than someone that sang for 10 years and has never made it. That Do you know what I mean? Like, such good advice. So he's, he was right. And I was like, it's changed my mentality. But I also think, you know, with reputation, it's that thing of like going through time. And because I'd worked overseas and no one saw it, Instagram wasn't even going then. Yeah. And like the work I had, it was like, you know, you bought, got, got out a electronic and swiped. That was like a new thing. It was printed like portfolio. That's the old school <laughs> modeling. Beautiful people, just another quick reminder about the wonderful holistic platform Live Better at Home created by our partner in Yay, Medibank. I've been banging on a lot about it lately, but it's only because it is such a valuable tool that challenges you to a better way of living than actually provides the tools and resources that allow you to do that. It's the small things each day that add up to health and happiness in our lives and the Live Better at Home hub is overflowing with free meditations, exercise classes and recipes that inspire me to eat, move and feel better. It's been such a valuable tool for me in this crazy year and I highly recommend you visit medibank.com.au slash livebetteradhome to help you on your way to yay. But you know what I love? You're another example, and I think I'm quite similar, of people assuming that people who now have really, really good networks were born into them, went to school with those people or already knew them. But 
I was probably around the same time as you, five years ago, a lawyer. I only had corporate connections. I don't, my parents like are from rural towns. There's no reason why I would know anyone who I know now. That all started I did not know that was five years ago. Yeah, like, and I literally had not a single friend outside of law. Yeah, because that was all I had thought I would need for my life. And same with you, you came to Melbourne, you knew nobody. So how did you build from that beginner moment to now the career that you have now? And what are some of the real highlight moments for you of like, I'm actually making it like this is actually happening? I don't think I, I you know, what, Sarah, I don't think I'll ever say that. And isn't that interesting? <laughs> the self-doubt, which we will come to. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be able to say I'm really, because I just don't know when I'd be able to say that. Mm. There's been pinch me moments. Um, but yeah, I think I got back. IMG called me for I don't know how they even got my number. It was for Rachel seven years ago. Oh, Rachel was like the first Australian celebrity. Your I first did. Australian. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't. My kid okay. from England hadn't even arrived. So <gasps> I remember I got my mum, got my best friend. I got obviously my own personal kit that I had in my suitcase because it had to get shipped. I had all my whole 10 years of like our house. Pat had already left. I had a two-week-old baby and we packed it in like <gasps> containers. We had people come in. My mum was with me. I carried the baby like this. Oh, my God. The whole time Milana, she's seven now. I was like this the whole fight. And then I was like, makeup, have to start again. Okay, got a call. I was like, I can't say no. That's an IMG calling you. You say yes. So that crown, it was for a Maya event. And she wanted her hair, like her hair back then was so long, Rachel, if, she ever, if she's listening. And I saw her hair and I was like, oh, my God. Like it was so, <laughs> so long. So, yeah, so I got my um, best friend who she has the best makeup kit. Like even now she'll be like, what do I need? She goes, she doesn't care how much it is. She goes, buys it all. So she gave it. And then my mum had like Chanel brushes thing. So I went in, I did her makeup and I did say, Oh, Rachel, I apologize. My kit's still arriving. So this is my um like compressed kit. You know, I always tried to be professional, but I was like, <laughs> clearly it wasn't. <laughs> and we did it and we had the best time. And I think she was just so lovely and we we gelled from that minute. You know, Rachel's opened a lot of opportunities for me. Um, she's the most loyal person that I've had as a client she is just such a good person we'll check in with each other text each other just a good person and I yeah so for seven years she's she helped me a lot a lot with social media she was she just got me comfortable with it I think that's how I discovered you was through Rach was yeah I'm almost 100% sure that's how I first heard of you and I think it's very very common in the industry for I reckon I could pick five people who have been really, really impactful on my journey, like who it wouldn't be the same without. And I feel like Rach is one of them for you. Yes, a hundred. I would never, ever have had these opportunities without Rachel. Like I got opportunities through Maya. There is those five people. She's one. Um, I mean, obviously Lana is. Lana's been so like supportive of me. And, and on days where you have those tough days, like she has always rooting for you. You know what I mean? It's mm. nice. And I mean, sometimes we annoy each other like really badly. <laughs> But you're like sisters, that's why. Yeah, like sometimes I'm I'm going to kill her and other times she, <laughs> wants, she wants to kill me. But I, I I think that we've gone through a lot of the journeys of motherhood and friendship and just work together. Mm. You know, another person like who recently, Michelle, I speak about her a bit, like I look at her from Jagged. She's amazing too. I think she's just a really beautiful person and she's always supported me and um, just different people that you come across and you meet and even people out of, that, that, like I know that we share a similar um, from Hair House Warehouse, like <laughs> that people, someone that we've met, remember that was one of the times we met and he's just like, you know, they just give you advice. He was my first business mentor. This is Nick Nayef, guys. He's one of Nick's really Nick, good friends. He's got 55 yeah. million Hair House Warehouses. He's the hardest worker ever, such a legend. And Nick, what I love about Nick is he sat me down. He didn't have to do this. And he said, Jade, this was like early on, what are your streams? Like this is Jade. What are your streams of income? It's such a like simple task. And I'm like, well, this, this. And he's like, well, you need more streams. Like you need to work out and you need to do this. And if I wasn't there at that moment and spoke to him, then I wouldn't have thought about this and I wouldn't have thought about. So it's really important to have that. And then I had management, mm. Charlotte, she was a uh, Kate and co. Um, she took a gamble and I sat down with her and I was like, you need to go do this by yourself. And then she went out by herself and she, we worked together. And then it was like, the most mutual positive relationship we hit a point where it was like she had done so much for me and she'd like groomed me and helped me and then she was like okay it's time for you to then go to this next level and 
you need someone like this and that and that's when I signed with Prue at One Daydream and Prue has been amazing and she's helped me make really good decisions and she's believed in me and I think it's those things of like there's something so you can believe in yourself and that is the main thing because whether people come or go you need to remain really strong and believe in yourself because mm. these people around you some come in for a second some come in for you know a moment of lifetime that that saying it's true but I'm just I want to learn so management has helped me learn there's so it's so funny you said that there's a chapter in the CZA book that's coming out on the day I that this episode wait. yeah it's called reason season lifetime and it is about the people in your life and how they will come in either to teach you something for a brief season where you need them or where they need you, or where you need to teach each other something, or they'll be around forever. And I think if can you can I say to you, congrats! I have oh. to say it to you. Right? Do you know, for me, being a like a full on research, a book for me is one thing that I think anyone who writes a book that is such a minority and such an achievement. Oh, <laughs> so I don't know. I just books for me. I'm just like you. Actually, I always say this to Zoe Foster Blake as well. Like you, she has written so many books, and she's like, yeah, I've got to write this book. I'm like, <laughs> It's the biggest, to me, it's one of the biggest things you can do in your life. Your future daughter, son will know that you wrote that book and you leave that legacy. It's such, I wish one day that I could do that. Oh, babe, you could absolutely do that. But thank you so much. That is just so sweet of you. And the other really interesting thing that I think I've been thinking about the whole time you've been talking is that so much of your career from beginner, beginner to like, leading national makeup artists that like the biggest names ask for you and only you is you haven't talked much about developing your makeup skills like it hasn't been like I did this and then I did this course to expand my skin it's been the relationships it's all the people which makes me so happy because I can't say it enough how much most industries now are about relationships and people and there's a difference. Like so many people will have encountered the same people that you have, but you want them to walk away and want to talk to you again. You don't want to just be like. I just want them to feel good because like I, I think makeup, that, that's a whole nother, oh, my goodness, makeup. When you start, and, I, and I've said this to everyone and like one thing anyone who's there in beauty, take this away, you start makeup or you start styling or you start fashion or you start hair because you have an eye, no matter how good you are at it all, you have an eye different to everyone else. You look at things and you're like, oh, my God, an appreciation that is just so different because if you had the same appreciation of beauty, you would have done it. Like you do, you have appreciation of other things and like health that I don't have. <laughs> so there's those things and it's like strikes this emotion. So I have such an appreciation. But for your skill to meet where that appreciation and your eye is, is like takes a long time. Yeah. And that's why people have the um, taste and the view and their skills like here and that's when you quit. You yeah. go, I'm never going to get here, goodbye. Yeah. And even now, like you, you publish work, you put on your Instagram and you're like, oh, God, I wish I'd <laughs> done that. I wish I'd taken this photo. You never are happy, ever. And I speak with like um, Emma Chen. She's a makeup artist in Brisbane and I love her work and she is killing it and she's got like, in Brisbane, a lot of the girls have such high following. Like it's different to um, Melbourne. They are like they are amazing artists and like there's amazing artists in Melbourne but they've got this huge 200, 300,000 following and they're always posting and they finish three jobs by like 12 and I'm like always <laughs> looking at them. I'm like, you guys are amazing. But she was saying that same thing of like I look at my work and I'm not happy and I think oh, I should have and I pick it to be because that's what creatives do. And I think. Once you kind of realise that it's not going to be perfect, there's also a, a big amount of, like, success you'll get in that. Um, and even yesterday through Macau, we Shoshado is an amazing brand. Um, James, he used to be the head makeup artist for NARS. He was taking it and he was doing it and he's huge, right? He's a real artist. So kind of like people would look and be like, I'd never wear that. It would be like liner and dots and like a pink and a red lip together. But he's a true artist and he was saying, like, it's okay if your liquid liners aren't matching but they're nearly there. And you know what? There's something nice that tells a story about your journey that morning to get those liners on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like it doesn't need to be perfect but it just needs to be you. And I think definitely for me and my skill and years, I don't think any artist is really at like where they need to be. I don't think until a good 10 years. But I also think 
like even in business outside of the creative industry, if you don't hate the first version of what you did, then you haven't learned enough. Like it just shows that you're evolving all the time. You're meant to cringe at your own work from earlier oh, on. Oh, God. There's, even That's part of back, it. Even when I came back seven years ago, there was this job I did and it was for races and I look back, I'll never say who it was. I'm like, <laughs> what the? You cringe. It's so bad. But that's the point. If you looked at it and liked it, it means that you haven't evolved at all. Well, that's true. That is very true. Yeah. And that's, you can say, like, sign. you can do a beautiful job seven years ago. And if you're still doing the same beautiful job, amazing and hats off. But imagine, like, how good you feel when you start to actually get better. It's yeah. Like, and, yeah. There's, and, you know, never think, um, you know, my daughter said to me the other day, and I this was like the biggest compliment. It was yesterday she said it to me. She said, you know what I love about you, Mum? And I was like, she goes, um, you never like boast and say how good something is. You'll say in a positive way, but not boasting. And she goes, I really like that about you. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I was like, how nice. Because we, she was talking about money actually. And she was like, home alone. He's so rich. He's so rich. And then she's like, <laughs> it was funny because she's like, are we rich? And I'm like, <laughs> we're not rich, but we're not poor. And she's like, I like that about you, mum. <laughs> you never... <laughs> That's so cute. And it was funny that she had to ask because she obviously doesn't know what rich is, what rich isn't, but she saw Home Alone and she's like, that house and this, they're going to Paris and even Disneyland, like she's gone to Disneyland twice and she's like, you know, I asked my friends, why haven't you been to Disneyland? I had to say to her, well, Disneyland's actually a special thing. Like I didn't even think of this. (laughs) But the fact that you don't boast is also the whole next section is called an ATA, which is the barriers to your joy. And we've kind of weaved them into the story, but we haven't really hit on the whole self-doubt thing. Like you don't boast even when you have done a really, really good job and even when you have made a name for yourself to this point with, you know, so much experience across like industries and countries and, you know, editorial and catwalk and everything. It's because like there's so much self-doubt in all of us. right. You're never going to – it's bad when you let it dictate your decisions. That's true. But I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's ever meant to disappear because it means you care about doing a good job. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. It's true, yeah. I think it means you're never complacent. You're never like, I'm so good, I never need to learn again. But the important thing is that you just like – you acknowledge keep, you it. keep and you don't let it overcome you, which yeah. some people do. Yeah, I, I like that, and it's true. And I'm I know at times with my little sister, she'll be like, she asks you, so she does that psychologist thing of like, and why did you think you did that, or why? Do, and you're like, I know what you're doing, <laughs> but she <laughs> she sometimes is like, I um I what I love about Americans, and when you go on a holiday, um they'll be like, I've got this, I've got that, and they're so like forthcoming and then as Australians we're like oh that's showing off yeah but it's actually okay to say if something good happens too yeah. but it's kind of off-putting when someone's saying it more than learning because you know you can talk 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 but you can't learn from talking you can only learn from listening so yeah, yeah it's like just having that balance and I think sometimes yeah you know I'm not gonna lie you hear this person in your head and for any you know makeup like it's so huge right now it's like there's so many artists there's so many things what do you do do you use isolation to just beat yourself up and sit there and say oh my god my life's over I'm not even painting faces right now do you do that or do you go okay what else can I do like that's what I got to I was like I'm gonna do a beauty masterclass. stop talking about it and do it like and I remember Prue she said to me she's like what are you gonna do about it and it was like really quite aggressive (laughs) she's actually right what are you gonna do about it Jane and I'm like well I kind of wanted to say well I want you to do it for me (laughs) and um by the way I've never been this honest ever I'm so I'm so honored and privileged (laughs) but I think this is like this is why these conversations are my favorite because (laughs) you show sides of yourself that people don't get to see when they see you at work, but your whole message is so much more powerful when people know you're you're a human, right? Like you have moments. And there's even times that like, you know, you've done someone's makeup or you've done someone, this is the thing that I probably would take away from this, the self-doubt and things. When you've done someone's face, there's times where you just haven't done a great job. Every single artist out there has at time, even the best, not always done a perfect job. And if that person is the first time, they'll be like, I probably <laughs> won't book you again. And then there's people that are like, oh, I'm going to book her again, see how it goes. Or just, you know, there's, that shows them too. So it's half you, half them. And then um, 
there's been times where you've just booked someone and they've always been so loyal and then all of a sudden they're just like, you see them doing a shoot and they're doing it with someone else. <laughs> and you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I have learnt. I have a, a rule. You can feel that for five seconds and then you have to get the hell over it. Yes. Because it's not apersonal. You don't know what's happened. And if you have hurt them with some word that you said or something you did, hopefully they either time or when they see you again, they'll be able to go, mm, maybe that wasn't right or maybe I took it wrong or maybe because sometimes in a moment you can say, like, you, you know, you think you are really close with someone and you can say this, 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 and then maybe it's too much for some people. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like not totally. it, we're all different. Yeah. So that's a big thing you have to learn. You don't own anyone, you know, like stylists, makeup artists, hair. Um, we don't own anyone. People come to you because they want to. And if one day the only person that comes to you is a bride from the country that has found you, she still picked you. So thank you. And that's it. That's my rule. Like whatever. Do you think that's why people have kept coming back to you from when oh, you I've had, when you were I've a beginner a to now? I've had a range, I think. Like I've had a range and then there's people, they evolve and they change too. And you have, you've got to let them go as well and do their thing. And you know, then they'll come back and they'll be like, I want Jade for this. It's not always just your skill and who you are. It's a yeah. massive range of different things. So as long as you're comfortable in who you are, you're comfortable with your skill, you're comfortable with who you are, you'll actually get over that and you'll meet new people and you'll get another opportunity and there'll be this. And just let everyone fly and don't get angry because when if you said to someone, oh, she didn't book me because of this, it's just, I've, and I've said it, everyone said it, I'm going to be honest, when you're like, they didn't book me. And it's, <laughs> it's actually saying a lot more about yourself yeah. than what it's saying about them. Totally. So yeah. just learn to like, yeah, it's okay. And what do you think, like for anyone who's starting out new and is at that stage where you were at the beginning when you were like completely blank slate, what helped you build to where you are now what helped you build to being jade k that everyone knows like as well as your skill obviously and your willingness to learn i always say like you have to be a pleasure to work with and i feel like that's so much fun more important be, right you have to be fun and you have to write before they're going to go in a really stressful because like whatever stress you think imagine standing there and getting your photo taken on a red carpet on and getting critiqued and saying like oh she's too big or she's too skinny or she's too that and you've got to make them or they've just not even liking their hair or they're not liking their dress as much and they're like what do you think and they're asking it's just like it's almost like being that maternal side where you're like building them up on the inside or listening just yeah. being all those things and being fun and yeah it is so much more than just the skill and obviously doing a good job too is really important but yeah it's it's about the inside too how you make someone feel and we have fun right before you go out have a laugh you know just relate to people because that's a gift in itself it's like not just the gift of of what you do it's totally. the gift of what you make someone feel oh, and that's like you know that's so what you true. leave at the end of the day you know, you leave a picture, great, but in someone, <laughs> like, you know, people can look back and say, but the person whose photo will be like, I felt so good that day and it's not just because of their face. It's like I felt good. I was like loving myself in and out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So just quickly before we finish up, a couple of uh, the last section is play TA, but before we get to that, I would love to ask a few actual technical make makeup yes. questions. What are the biggest mistakes that you see? And I think one you've already taught me is that I don't apply primer. Primer's massive. Yeah. Um, I think unless you're like more on the dry side, primer's not as important unless you want to glow. So okay. if you want to counteract the dryness, primer's really important. But most people, longevity in their makeup, they struggle with. So primer and powder, people don't always set ah. powder. And like face, like skincare, they don't really know and understand, which you're not really meant to, but I guess the science side of it helps me a little bit. Like a really thick moisturiser is amazing at night time, but if you want a really sheer beautiful foundation, then you're adding, adding all these layers of thickness, it's going to have problems and interact with how the foundation sets. So almost like science, biology, like understand, you know, what you're putting on your face, what it's going to do to the next layer because it is just layering and although you look at it like it's overwhelming once you've got a routine like in you know like fitness okay it's like 
50 squats, 50 this. At the start, you're like, this is too much. But then once you've done it like all week, like I need to change now. It's the same with um, skincare and foundations. Like get your steps in order and then you buzz through them and understand what each step. And if you miss one or if you, you know, if you've got acne that day, how, what would you do different? Just it's like it's, I know I'm sounding like, oh, well, it's not that hard. But it really isn't if you simplify it. I think um, also we've got so many products. It's confusing, right? So overwhelming. <laughs> what about like the order? So this is something I always get confused with. So moisturizer, serum, sunscreen, primer, foundation, blah, blah, blah. Like what's the yes. base order? So Okay, so like I said, I um, remember when we did our live, thinnest to thickest with product. So start with the thinnest. So I've got a serum that is more like water-based. It's by Sand and Sky. I actually put that on after I've cleansed and my... Um, and like a Ferreo, you can use a Ferreo to really clean your skin. It cleans like 20 times more. I know. I love the Ferreo. Ferreo is amazing. So if you've cleaned your face and then you start, start with the thinnest. So the like wateriest um, product you have, pop that on first. Then like your vitamin Cs or vitamin B, whatever it is that you want to pop on, do that. Then your mo- uh, moisturizer. Last step is your SPF. So that, that's the kind of layers you go. And then you start with your skin base so a primer so if you put sunscreen over your whole face it's going to make certain areas shiny it doesn't matter how good a sunscreen is it's not a miracle worker it's still going to give you a bit of shine so that's when you grab a mattifying primer and kind of like prime that area you only and the other thing is break out the rules of like you don't have to apply a product to every inch of your face Yeah, it's not like all over layer for everything. You know when you like in the old school and like you see people like this, you don't if even if it is that you just want a bit of coverage kind of where someone looks at you and you kind of don't mind if you see a bit of like your blood flow on the side here, that's okay too. <laughs> Whereas someone else would be like, oh, no, it has to be absolutely flawless. At night, I don't want to see blood flow. I want absolutely flawless skin. But in the day, if I have a bit of redness, I'm not opposed to that. So it's all down to what you like. Yeah. So, guys, I mean, if you were on our live the other night, you can see, like, Jade is such a wealth of knowledge and I wanted to go more into the story than her skills today. But she announced the other day that to get more of her incredible knowledge, there are three amazing (laughs) beauty masterclasses that you can do online and sign up to. I think one of them sold out since last night. So it sold out. Yeah. So we, I actually so excited. I finally got all my website um, revamped, popped it all up last night. And um, I sold out at like 12 today. All the skin um, one is gone, Um, but there's a hair and eyes. So the eyes are like eyebrows, lashes, like applying lashes, smoky eye, liquid liners, everything around that area, elongating different eye shapes. I think that's really important. So the Mm. eye one for me is actually really important one. That one's still available. And then hairstyling. So um, it's more for like people at home who want to be able to understand if you've got frizzy hair how do you do it if you've got really porous and you know that day like I taught you I was like this is volume. the brush thing is, yes yeah. just little tricks that I think would make really big difference um and a quick and fast don't waste time but make a big difference so I think that's what people want they want something that changes how they look fast yeah but not take like for all day to do so um I'm excited can't believe that one already sold out and hopefully there'll be more to come but it's just ever I so want to make people and they're affordable as well I think that was really important mm. um to not have something that was too expensive so but yeah. see the self-doubt nearly stopped you starting at all and yet it sold out straight away oh you're seizing your game <laughs> <laughs> So I will make sure to include links to those guys so you can soak up Jade's many pearls of wisdom. Uh, I learn something new from this incredible woman every single time. But just quickly, (laughs) the very last few questions. Uh, I think we really struggle with separating our identity, particularly as a working mum. There's no Jade, like it's Jade mum, Jade homeschool teacher, Jade makeup artist, Jade businesswoman. There's no just like Jade who's playing and doing things for pure joy and leisure. So what do you do for play? What are the activities that make you forget what time it is when you actually are letting yourself just do things, not to learn, not to be perfectionist, yeah. not to like be an A-type about it? What are the things that um, you love a few, to So the few things that I enjoy is like painting with my daughters. <gasps> we paint. 
beautiful and I really so I enrolled also into a class because I, I love painting so oh my I gosh to, yeah oil-based painting um because I just recently have become so obsessed with art I've bought from this lady Bonnie Gray and she does like your whole life I don't know if you say I'm going to share it she's so amazing and it's like this big art piece um and it's got all different images that are of your life and it's um a commissioned piece that I've got her to do and then I got another piece I was like do you know what I really feel like this is an extension of makeup so it is you're an artist you're painting people's faces so with the girls I've started doing like this paint I've always painted with them that's our like zone out thing but when we're painting I get carried away and they're like oh my god mum that's so good how'd you do that and they want to do it I'm like the mother that's like heavily my children I feel bad that if they to get out of them the most books months because their mother and father we're very on the opposite side he's like if you have sport you will be happy I'm like (laughs) I'm like if you're creative that's it but then no one in our family's like spelling reading (laughs) that's why my mum comes into when grandma comes over she does but yeah painting um walking and travel like yeah. Every year we we travel. So even if it's just going this year, it might be just going to the beach. Or but if we travel and we just are with the family and eating and just enjoying good company, mm. um, and I also have a shopping problem. So yeah, <laughs> it's like such a guilty. I've got an issue. Um. It's like and you know the the times like I'm just like I'm stressed right now. I need a shop. I just yeah. go online. It's therapy, absolutely. <laughs> um, second last question to finish up, three interesting things about you that don't normally come up in conversation and you've already shared a lot that I didn't know but you have to pick three new ones. Hey, I bite my nails really bad. What? <laughs> you really know bad. Like, You're in beauty. Like a man that works on like um Like a construction trucks. site. <laughs> like, yeah. That's like, yeah, a man's hands. That's how Stop. I bite them. Stop. You're in beauty, Jade. um like any party tricks or allergies or like tattoos or just like fun I just like like if Disney I think I'm a Disney singer (gasps) amazing and my daughters are like sing so we just sing and we think like well I'm a real Disney princess love music like so every day we have every night when we eat dinner our family we put on like it's either French music so we pretend we're in Paris well, then another day we're in Italy. So we're very, like, imaginative. What's your, your maiden name's Borg, right? What nationality Borg, so is Maltese. it? Maltese. Okay, Maltese. And my husband is speaks fluent Italian, but he looks pure Mauritian because his dad um, was a Mauritian. So he's very, like, Italian, Mauritian, French. So he's a very big influence on the girls. He teaches them Italian all the time. They had to go to school that had Italian. Oh, that's amazing. Is so Kisnogo Italian? It's Mauritian, but okay, his yeah. mum, so he was brought up by his mum's side and they he went to Italian school and because he's quite dark, he was like, I never fit it. Remember when we spoke about this, how we're saying like yeah. what people think you look like, what you, they're just like stereotypes. So, totally. Yeah. Oh, wow. But, um, yeah, so the singing, music and painting, I don't know what else. Just trying to think if there's anything funny. like from I know, mind. like surely do you snore like or do you have like a weird... Any weird tendencies? Do you have pet get, peeves? Um, oh, yes. The back of my, so you know your feet, like yep. your, um, the back of your feet. Your soul. Nothing. Soul, that's it. <laughs> yep, that one. If anyone is to touch or make contact with the sole of my feet, I will scream. <gasps> no way. Ticklish or you just hate it? No, it just makes me feel so sick. It's like chalk on the board. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just yeah, can't got it. stand it. Like, yeah. That's amazing. See these? I love these because people find out like your most yeah, human things, like your normal human things. Yeah, that's a massive one for me. Ooh. Even thinking about it. Wow, that's interesting. See, yeah. I love these ones. I always find out so many new things about people. And last question, what's your favourite quote? They probably, it's like I, I love all of yours. <laughs> You're so sweet. I have them on my table. Like I don't know them off by heart. Like, um, it's really funny because just like my whole, it sounds really simple, but my whole life, all my mum would be like is, if you've got nothing to say, then don't say nothing at all. That's but a great if, if you've got nothing one. nice to say, don't say nothing at, all, not, nothing at all. But that's one thing that I actually feel like every single person in the world should listen to just before you talk. And the fact like um, you can never take back something once yes it's like you can never take back the word after it's said the moment after it's missed 
or there's something else after there's something See, else. See, yours are better though. See how yours sounds <laughs> You take mine and you just make it sound better. Yeah, oh, my it. God. No, not at all. <laughs> well, my love, thank you so, so much for sharing so openly of yourself. I was very open. <laughs> Do you know what? Lana said this to me as well in her episode. She was like, why did I tell you all that stuff? I know. I was saying it. I'm like, I just feel comfortable. And you know what? There's something, there's something actually really good about saying things and just being freaking real. Yeah. I feel like you feel very fulfilled after you've shared really authentically of yourself because it feels really like it's a form of expression. Yeah. And thank yeah, and you're very good at what you do. Oh, thank you, my love. Well, I like No I, judgment. I think it's just really realizing as well. Um, I don't know if it's once you get to your thirties, you actually don't judge. You're like, good for you. Do your thing in your twenties, like, can you believe? Oh, do you believe she did that or did that? It's like so bad it's so toxic <laughs> and those people that don't in their 30s evolve that's when I think you kind of don't have success yeah. or you don't yeah totally I also feel like in our 20s we have time and energy and in our 30s we're just old and tired and we're like, like oh, I don't have time for that <laughs> like my four, five-year-old daughter her way of life is you do you boo she says to everyone what a little legend she is everyone you do you boo Oh, my God, I love that. Valentina. Oh, well, thank you so much, my love. And, thank guys, you. it's been such a privilege to tell such a big part of Jade that I don't think people have heard as much, but in her actual technical career and her skills, she is incredibly, incredibly talented. And um, I'll oh, make wow. sure to include links to all the masterclasses so that you Thank you so enjoy. much. I'm so excited and thank you for having me on. Yay! <laughs> Can you tell I had a buttload of fun on this one? Jade and I gelled as soon as we met and have worked together many times, but I loved stripping back our working identities to chat as just people and friends, just navigating this crazy world together. As I mentioned, I was super light on in terms of technical beauty tips, but the IGTV from the other day is packed full of tips on the perfect dewy base, accentuating your eyes, the perfect product for cheekbones, and so much more. So I'll pop the link in the show notes to that, along with Jade's new website, and masterclasses. If you enjoyed or even if you have any questions for Jade, please do share and tag her at jade underscore underscore K makeup and myself so we know what you think as you know we love to do. And of course, don't forget to grab your copy of the Seize the A book since it's now on shelves and shipping worldwide. Hope you're having an amazing week and a seizing your yay.